an important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. In my eighth interview here on the Fat for Weight Loss show, I am interviewing Liz Williams. Living in Wyoming with her daughter and husband, Liz has devoted her career to helping others stay fit and feel good on the ketogenic diet. Author of the One Pot Ketogenic Diet Cookbook and co-founder of the ketogenic lifestyle blog Fit Keto Girls, Liz is strongly committed to promoting health and wellness. She also shares her experiences with the ketogenic diet on her popular Instagram account at the Fit Trainer's Wife. After working nights for eight years in labor and delivery, Liz was thrilled at the opportunity to also make the switch to 7K Fit in Evanston, Wyoming. Together, Liz and her husband, Danny, provide the classes, training, and manage the growing gym. In this episode, we talk about the process of creating her current cookbook and how much work can go into a project of such ingenuity. We touch on some of the common mistakes she sees other people making as they move towards their nutritional and fitness goals, and we dive into the idea behind Fit Keto Girls. Liz was truly an amazing person to interview, so relaxed and well-spoken, so make sure you listen all the way to the end to get the recipe for her secret keto pizza made from an ingredient you probably wouldn't expect. So welcome Liz Williams to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. How are you doing today, Liz? I'm doing so great. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. It's uh, It's... It's currently early in the morning here in Australia, um, but you know, getting up at this time of morning is makes it so special when I'm talking to someone so incredibly inspiring, uh, such as yourself. So uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this interview, and uh, I've been following you on Instagram for a very long time now, and and the your progression on on Instagram has just been so uh, inspiring and and sort of easy to watch, you know, because it's everything going all in the right direction. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here and um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great interview. Oh my goodness. I'm blushing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to be here too. And it's fun to have my Instagram to kind of look back and see the progress. And um, yeah, I'm excited to talk all about it. Yeah, cool. Okay. So uh, not only are you an Instagram star, but you also have a um, cookbook that is currently out which is if I if I um, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it's called the One Pot Ketogenic Diet Cookbook. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Cool. Okay. So uh, I I bought that cookbook probably a few months ago, and I looked through it, and I thought that is such a great idea. 
how how on <laughs> how on earth did you come up with the idea? Just you know, just just as a shortcomings, like because I know that people know that you have created this cookbook, but what was the idea and how did you create that idea behind that cookbook? <laughs> so it actually goes against everything that I am. If you want to, if you talk to my husband, like he's constantly just picking up after me, cleaning all the dishes. Cause I dirty everything in the, in the kitchen. Um, when I was a kid, I just wanted to be like Martha Stewart and Julia Childs. And so I'd measure everything out in little bowls and just make a complete mess. Um, so still to this day, <laughs> Um, that's the case, but I just wanted to simplify keto and make it all in one pot and, um, it's turned out and we've gotten a really great response from it. So I'm glad that people are using the one pot ketogenic cookbook. No, that's great. It's, uh, you know, it's, it is a great idea because I think that, um, uh, you know, the misconception behind the ketogenic diet or even a low carb diet is that it needs to have lots and lots of different ingredients and you need to cook in, you know, you need to be in the kitchen for hours and hours. Right. And while that is true for some recipes, <laughs> um, I think it's really important to be able to, you know, highlight the fact that it is something that can be really simple, can be something that's really basic. And uh, it's, you know, nutrition doesn't always need to be, um, to, it doesn't always need to cost a million dollars. So by simplifying it down into one skillet or one, um, you know, just one dish, you know, uh, it, it makes it really easy. So yeah, it's 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 been such a great cookbook to just flip through and uh, you know get little ideas for when I need to breakfast on the go or you know something right. like that. So right. it, it's uh, yeah, really really good. And so um, what what? Okay, so you're you're on Instagram and you're on uh, you have a website and you have and you've also got a gym as well. Um, what are some things that people may not know about you before they? Um, you know, before they get started? Um, It may look like I have it all together. (laughs) Um, If you were to see where I'm sitting in my office right now, it's a complete disaster. You know, like I don't always get my workouts in, um, but it really, our life really is made up of, you know, being in the kitchen. It's so awesome that I can work from home and develop recipes and, you know, my husband at the gym. Um, But I really enjoy my time with my family. Like if, I could choose anything to do with my free time when I find when I find that it'd be just being with my husband and my daughter, um, exploring. We, my husband was in the military and when he was medically separated, we spent six months um, in the U Uinta Mountains with no cell phone service, um, and kind of just lived off the land. We just needed some time to decompress, and it was probably the best six months of my life. I where I did learn how to cook and. Um, in different ways and wash our clothes and you know we may or may not have eaten squirrels <laughs> so <laughs> i bet that's something that people don't know is that we did spend that time and that always is a special place to go back to oh that's amazing um i had no idea uh, and and you know spending that time you know disconnected from technology disconnected mm-hmm. from a whole bunch of things i feel like you you get to really understand how the human body interacts with just the rhythm of a day and I think I, th- I feel like you know that's something that we miss a lot. We have iPhones, we have smartphones, you know, glued to our face right up until we go to bed, um, and then first thing again in the morning. And I am the first one to be to flag my hand <laughs> and say I'm a culprit of that, you know. Right. Um, and and so you know, how did how did spending that time away from everything influence what you do on a daily basis now? Like you, I I mean, it's so easy to get caught up. Like you and I could respond to emails and um, 
um, direct messages all day long, you know, and so it was, it's been really difficult to try and break like, okay, I need to take this amount of the time out of my day to not be with my phone or on my computer and just engage with the people around me or the nature. And, um, so being able to have that six months experience and then like dial back into that and be like, Oh my gosh, I need that. I need to, you know, have 30 minutes in the morning just to myself and not looking at my phone so I can just be ready for the day. Um, and I do notice a big difference when I, do those kind of things. And at night, just kind of shut down things. Something I've been doing is like, I'll cook dinner at night for my husband. He gets home from work around 7.30 and then that's our time together. So I may take pictures and um, take some video of things we're doing, but I won't get on the um, Instagram to post them until the next morning, just so I can have that time as a family and to kind of decompress. So... Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, it's so important to have that time. And it's so important that you've gone into and be able to learn in, in that experience. And then you can mm-hmm. tap into it when you need to. And I think a lot of people who do meditation, and a lot of people who do endurance exercise actually can, can tap into a similar point where they, um, you know, they know what it feels like, they know what that aspect can, you know, they can pull that straight away. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it can kind of scent it can come from you know just switching off your phone and uh yeah it's really really important it's yeah thank you for sharing that with us because um that that's something that's pretty close to me as well um what what was so okay so um give us a little backstory on on how you started the ketogenic diet and 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 maybe some of the reasons why you thought it was um going to be something that you really really enjoyed at the time um just going back to my childhood um, I always had chickens and pigs and just lived on a small farm. My, my husband always makes fun of me when I say that because <laughs> it's not like I was out um, milking the cows in the morning. It wasn't that. It was very small. Um, but, you know, I learned how what it meant to, like, bring food farm to table. Um, and I learned to respect the animals and what they provided for us. And um, that was really key. And my dad always made homemade bread and, you know, so much of our time as a family was spent around the dinner table and, you know, and I'm my, my dad would say, Liz, come taste this, come taste, you know, what do you think it needs? And so I just, from a young age, just really loved to cook and be in the kitchen. Um, and then after I had my daughter and I had gained the weight from the pregnancy, I kind of was at a loss of what to do and did the standard like bodybuilding diet with brown rice and bland chicken. And it was so discouraging and just got old so quick. And, um, then I stumbled across keto and it's like the best of both worlds. I can be so creative in the kitchen and the food can taste incredible. Um, but I just need to cut out, you know, the mashed potatoes and homemade bread. Um, so it's been so great to be able to kind of transition into being able to cook really good satiating foods, um, and still live a healthy lifestyle. Mm, yeah, I, I totally agree, you know, cause, um, it's, you know, Nothing about any type of food is particularly bad for you, I guess, but it's just being able to manipulate it that works for you, yeah. I think is is uh, is the most important part. And I think you've really, uh, you know, utilized that because, you know, I'm sure um, learning how to cook, you know, uh, and, and even cooking for other people, like I'm, I'm constantly uh, learning how to cook new new types of foods you know i may i may not be able to eat them but um (laughs) you know it's it's still you know you still got that love for cooking you've still got that um you know thing that you want to do and the ketogenic diet is totally you know you can still have most foods which is Mm -hmm. uh, it's not restrictive at all that i i i can think of but 
Um, at first, what, did you did you ever struggle with the ketogenic diet, and and maybe what were some of those struggles that you had initially? You know, I think initially a lot of it's just mental, like the mental part of it. It's so hard to wrap and wrap your head around the concept. You know, this high fat, low carb um, lifestyle. It's really hard, especially being raised where you think that you should be buying the fat free and the um, sugar free, and I don't know. It just is mentally really hard and sometimes it still is and I think once people get past that and start to understand like what's going on in our body it makes you know it makes so much more sense but mentally I think at first it was really hard to and I at that time I worked in a hospital setting in labor and delivery and you know the anesthesiologists and doctors it was about three years ago so it's keto wasn't you know commonly known then and I got so much flack so that was something else um that was hard about starting because everyone's like, oh, you're on this high fat diet. What's it going to do? Have you heard of ketoacidosis? And um, so kind of getting past that and standing up for myself and be like, no, I want to do this. I feel good. Um, and going to continue. And now, you know, I have nurses I worked with who've lost a hundred pounds on keto and it's the only thing that's worked for them, you know? So it's, it's fun to see keto come up in the clinical setting um, as more and more research comes out. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so, um, you know, I had the exact same experience, not necessarily working in the hospital, but I had so much backlash when I started as well. And it's interesting to see that, you know, uh, you know, a little time down the track that those people actually come back to you and say, oh, you were, um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) your, your thing changed my life, you know, and, um, and there's a famous quote, but I think it's by the Dalai Lama who says, um, at first they, they laugh at you and then they hate you <laughs> and then they join you. <laughs> right. Um, and so there's, you know, there's this, there's, you know, you just have to push through that, that section of people hating you for a little while to, <laughs> right. to get through to the good stuff on the other side. And I'm so glad you did. Me too. I, and I'm so glad it, it, it worked. <laughs> you know, like you took the plunge, like, I didn't know, you know, when I first started keto, I didn't know what was going to happen and I didn't you know, know how my labs were going to turn out. And so it's so fun looking back now um, that taking that plunge and taking, and um, I took a plunge to quit my job at the hospital and come and work at a gym in um, Evanston, Wyoming, you know, so all of these things all happened at once. And it's just really cool to see where I am at today and where Keto's brought me. Mm, yeah. And, and as soon as you uh, close some doors, other doors open, you know, um, so it's, that it's so, it's so great to hear that. Um, and, uh, I do have I do have a question. So so you're a, an author of the uh, One Pot Ketogenic Diet Cookbook, and I wanted to ask you how that p- changed your perception of the ketogenic diet. Because as we were talking about before, you know the ketogenic diet can feel um, a little bit complicated sometimes at first, and there's so much um, advice out there that can be you know like not misinformation, but it's like you know the tiny details matter the tiniest amount where um if you actually just do the big things the big things matter and so how is how is creating that book um because i know how much work it is creating a cookbook (laughs) um and and i can only imagine that you would have had some um some groundbreaking moments throughout that time but you know what were those groundbreaking moments and how did it change your perception on the ketogenic diet not only for you but for other people around you as well I think the first groundbreaking moment is when my husband came home during the writing process. Um, he came home and he looks at me and he's like, Liz, um, I think it's, I think it's time to shower. 
<laughs> it had been quite a few days where you're just grinding and you're, you know, you're creating and making these recipes and trying to, and I was like, oh, okay, for five days, it's time to shower. So we had some, it was not the prettiest of processes, but I'm really proud of the product that um, came from it. Um, my main, it's really hard because when someone's starting keto, I feel so bad for them because you can read anything on the internet. You can say, this is too much protein. This is too little protein. Um, you need to have X, Y, and Z ingredients. So my goal with this book was to have simple chapters. Like I have a chapter just giving the basics of keto and the um, basic breakdowns of macronutrients and, you know, some ideas of shopping lists of, and how to meal prep for the week. You know, I kind of give just a couple of chapters of basic information because sometimes like, I think it's hard to find that because you go so many different places and get so many different, so much different information and it gets discouraging. And I think we lose a lot of people along the way. Um, so when I created this book, I wanted simple ingredients. Um, I tried to stick with the, the least amount of ingredients as possible um, in hopes that people could kind of build off of these recipes, if that makes sense, like as far as flavors go and um, mm. like switching out different proteins. And, um, and on each recipe, I give a tip for either making it paleo or um, making it vegetarian. I give lots of options, hopefully, to kind of spark people's um, imaginations or ideas to what they could create and kind of give them a base of what a ketogenic meal should look like. You know, really it, all it is is you should have a protein, a green, and a fat. You know, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be pouring with cheese all over it and um, deli meats. Like it can be just really good food that looks like everyone else's food, and it should. You know, you should have a nice big green vegetables. Like you should be including those things. So I just wanted to simplify, help people understand what, food you can eat on the ketogenic diet because once you once you have that like once you get that you can create it all on your own you know and once you figure out the macronutrients and how it kind of how much fat you really need to add to things give it a couple months and you we you won't need our cookbooks you know like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of was my goal with the book you know for the everyday um, person who works nine to five you know coming home and making a lengthy ketogenic recipe which i love you know, I love to save those for the weekends, um, but this is like a Monday through Friday book where you are a working mom and need to throw, you know, some broccoli and some flank steak on the sheet pan. Um, I just kind of help you do that. So yeah, that's um, it's really awesome, you know, because uh, as you said, uh, there's there's so much mis misconception on on the, not necessarily just the ketogenic diet, but um, on how to actually prepare something that's simple. And what I find is that sometimes the the simple ingredients are the hardest to come up with because those those ones um, often you know taste really good because you can taste everything in it and it's not just this one <clears throat> mush thing that you've put together and accidentally broken along the way. <laughs> um, I've and, been there. Uh, and, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean. Like, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, f I feel like you're trying to inspire people by putting in those, those extra little bits in there. It's almost like a book of, uh, dreams and inspirations, I guess. <laughs> um, and you know, it's, it, it's really great to be able to do that because I think that, yeah, as you said, there's, there's so much information out there and there's, there's so many things that you can implement, but you know, I guess 
those those first chapters might uh, are all about you know just keeping it simple and that's that's a philosophy i totally believe in uh, and it's something that's it's so important when you're starting to right and as you said you know you might be able to uh, go to another cookbook at, down the track or you know you may may not even need a cookbook full stop um but yeah that that that's so interesting um and and if you don't mind me asking, how long did it take you to actually put together? Because I know these types of things take a long time, but uh, I, d- I don't, I don't know how long it took for you. Um, you know, that area of my life is kind of uh, blurred <laughs> <laughs> um, because keto is so big and um, is the demand is so much. It was a really short time frame, um, probably about eight months from start to finish. Um, and what was nice is a lot of these, these recipes are the ones that I've been cooking for, like I've been using for the last two years. It's just how we eat. Um, Mm. and I wanted to hook people like the people first starting keto. I wanted to hook them and like, let them feel what living a ketogenic lifestyle feels like. And if they want to, you know, end up moving towards a dairy free keto, or I just wanted to get a book in their hands that is easy to understand and, the food tastes good and they'll feel good. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does. Um, you know, creating cookbooks can be a lengthy process, yeah. but from what it sounds like you gave it everything. Uh, and so yeah. that, you know, uh, not, not not going and uh, showering for five days. You know, you were in the, you were in the cave. You know, <laughs> there I was think- that time in your life where it's just blurred out because yeah. it's a not a traumatic experience, but because you just got so much work done. So. Yeah, yeah. And it was at it was at the same time that um, my husband and I left our jobs in Salt Lake City, Utah, and moved to Evanston to run the gym. So there were so many different things going on, um, but. Every, every day when I was like, well, and another thing, Erin, I haven't said is like, I work so much, so much off of taste, you know, like I brought up my dad, like you, I taste things and add spices. There's not a lot of like measuring ingredients and following recipes. Like, I don't think I've ever seen my dad work from a recipe. So something that was super challenging about the process was just like paying attention to actually how much I put into things and like what the serving size was. I think that was the hardest part just because that's, that goes against how I work in the kitchen. And I'm sure, you know, like that when you have your system down of how you do things, it was difficult. So, yeah, I, I, well, you know, it's so hard because, um, you know, there's, there's not only all the different measurements, but you're also trying to like fit it into a macronutrient profile. Right. right. And, and, uh, when you have those certain limitations, you're very careful on like how many carbs you can actually put into a recipe and you know, how much, uh, protein you can put into a recipe or fats or whatever and you know i i, I feel like um well, after you do it a lot you just get to the point where you know what those macronutrients are even just in your head and then you go and make it and you come back and you put it in the calculator and you and you go yep i was, I was yeah, right yeah yeah <laughs> um but you know that that process in itself takes a long time and so did you ever have those recipes where you were like oh no like what was I thinking? Like th- yeah. this isn't going in the cookbook. Is there, right. is, were there any recipes like that? Well, totally. Cause, and like with the challenges that you just talked about, the challenge of making things in one pot, like a whole complete meal, that was so, so challenging. Um, <laughs> so there was a ton of fails where I'm like, Oh, can I just say that? Like, why don't you do the, the spaghetti squash and this, you know, but um, 
like I said, I'm really proud of the product and I've gotten a lot of great responses. Something I was really concerned with because of all the keto cookbooks I have are these beautiful, you know, lengthy recipes and, um, which I just love, but I was worried about it being too simple. You know, like people being like, duh, Liz, like, of course, a Caesar salad dress, you know, I just was worried and it's been so um, reassuring and so exciting to see such positive feedback, especially for those people just starting keto. Um, it's been a tool for them to transition because that that's my goal. And that's why I, you know, put in so much heart and love into this book. So, mm, yeah, it's, yeah, you're totally right. Like, and I think when you're creating those recipes, you can, you can sit there and go, oh, if, if, if I was if I was eating this, would I enjoy this? And at the end of the day, for me, like if I create recipes and I keep them in the fridge, if they're gone by the end of the week, it's going in the bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good. <laughs> if it's not, <laughs> then it's out. Um, yeah, so no, I, I know that feeling, and you know, I feel like you know, simple is better. So yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, so not only do you uh, create recipes, and you're, uh, I believe, you're currently also in the works for. Uh, creating a new cookbook but we, we won't touch on that one too much because uh, we're trying to keep it a surprise you know everyone out there just keep it in mind new cookbook <laughs> coming out soon there is a new one in the works and it's it's a much prettier process than the first time around I learned that I needed to have someone come help me clean the house and um help with the babysitter and stuff so we're in a much better place so I'm excited about this one well you can only learn from experience and I and I guess you know you, you would never give away that learning process. So (laughs) again, you know, like the next cookbook and the next one, the next one, it'll all just be this process. So, um, but you also, uh, like you and your husband, uh, Danny, Mm -hmm. uh, you run seven K fit and that is a, uh, a gym if I'm I'm not mistaken, but how, how does, uh, you know, owning and operating something like that tie in with the ketogenic diet and, and what mistakes do you see people um, making when they come to you and not necessarily everyone that goes there is doing the ketogenic diet, but, uh, you know, what, what are some of the mistakes you see people doing? And then, you know, how has it changed your perception on the ketogenic diet as well? Perfect. Um, so first off running a gym together has been crazy. Um, before I worked night shift and then he, um, would work day shifts. And so we'd just swap the baby when we were living in Salt Lake, we would just take turns and never were really around each other. Um, but it's been incredible and really great for our relationship. It's been hard, but, um, it's been awesome to work together in, in this kind of setting. Um, Evanston, where we, the gym is, is a very small town. Um, I grew up in a small town and so it has that same feel where everyone knows each other. There's huge support. Um, just a real sense of community here. Um, so the members have really latched on. Um, they have... We we had we started about with fifty members and now we're to about two hundred and seventy five, um, and my husband runs group classes you know starting at five a.m. Um, all the way till six p.m. I mean he runs eight total classes, and um, it's been awesome. I think something that people mistakes I see outside of the gym are. Um, I think the first big one is people are chasing after like a number, um, either that could be weight loss, you know, that could be their weight. They could be chasing after like, you know, lift as heavy, heavy as I can go, you know, setting those PRs, but something we're big believers in is just like moving better in everyday life. Um, so we work a ton on, um, mobility, like 
five to 15 minutes before every class. You know, we're using foam rollers, foam, foam rollers, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, different like mobility balls just to kind of, you know, loosen everything up and then get into a high intensity workout and work on, you know, Olympic lifts. And we're huge believers in form. You know, I'm still learning how to, you know, do deadlifts correctly and back squats. And um, so those are just kind of the things that we focus on. Um, another main misconception about, you know, before coming to the gym is people think that, um, like, you know, your time in the gym can make up for, you know, the bad food they eat or, um, you know, their Wendy's kids meal or whatever. Um, that's not necessarily the case. It really goes hand in hand, the, the fitness side and the um, diet. So it's been really great educating people about keto and our, our town's really taken off, off as far as keto goes. Like they serve, you know, keto meals in our local deli and, um, it's really become a big thing and it's just awesome to see, um, people appreciate and implement their keto diet and then still come and work out. And sometimes in the keto industry, you hear like, Oh, you don't have to work out. Well, why the hell wouldn't you work out? (laughs) You know, like that's good Mm -hmm. for our bodies and it's good. Um, and they really can go together. So we've just seen an awesome um, transformation in so many of the members and just huge support. And my husband, Danny, decided to finally go keto in January of this year. And that's been awesome just in our home to be able to um, cook together and, you know, enter our macros together. And um, mm-hmm. and he's really dived into the scientific part of things. So we make a good team and it's fun to do it together at 7k yeah that's that's so awesome um you know i think that uh, a lot of people out there probably struggle <clears throat> doing the ketogenic diet by themselves mm-hmm. um and so uh, it's it's uh refreshing to hear that you can make that jump with your partner and do the same sort of eating style because do, do, do you think it's become easier now that you're both doing it or is it something that you still sort of um struggle over what to eat and, you know, the particular different types of food and whatnot, or, you know, does it just become so much more simple? You know, it, it's night and day difference because, like, he's on the same page now. Like, he gets why I'm cooking the way I am, um, and he's not ordering the $5 pizza <laughs> that I am tempted to eat, you know? Like, we don't have that temptation anymore of, like, oh, I want just some of – even, like, brown rice that he has um, – so it's so, so nice. And I've been able to be a lot more consistent because he's a specimen and doesn't like to cheat at things. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, babe, let's just get, you know, let's just get some sweet potato fries. He's like, no, no. So he's a, he's great. It's so nice to have him. Um, sometimes like when he wants to like go and work out, I'm like, oh, but it's so nice to have um, someone who's driven and on the same page. And it's made a huge difference for sure. Yeah, that inspiration sort of like rattles the cage and it really makes you both stick into the same the same sort of lifestyle. So that's that's really awesome. Um when okay, so there's there's another misconception that I might try and touch on as well is that when you do start the ketogenic diet or a low carb diet, people think that you either lose your top end or you you know can struggle a lot with exercising. Has it, is that something that you've found or is that something that's a little bit of a myth that is just a roadblock that um, stops people from actually performing their best? Um, you know, we talk a lot about this at the gym um, because people are all nervous to start keto and be going to the gym. Obviously, like as you're transfer, like transitioning from burning glucose, um, 
as that as energy, it's going to kind of throw your body a, a little off. I, I think a hundred percent, um, the keto flu is real. I felt it. And I know that some of my clients have as well. Um, I think a huge thing is, you know, just staying hydrated. And, um, if you don't feel like going to work out, don't, but if you can push yourself through it for sure, do that's just going to help you, you know, get, get there quicker. Um, I think when you first start working out or first start keto, excuse me, implementing exogenous ketones could kind of, you know, speed up the process by no means are those necessary, mm-hmm. but they can kind of help with the symptoms of the keto flu. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a myth. I think, uh, you gotta be patient with your body and kind of keep going through, um, the motions, even though you don't feel great, you know, once you get past that and feel the, feel like what being in ketosis feels like, it's pretty amazing and it's worth pushing through it. So definitely not a myth and, um, keeping your electrolytes and water and just stick into the the crazy process and stay off the scale. I think that's another misconception is um, we're huge believers in like getting a body scared, like a DEXA scan or a bod pod, or even if you just want to take before and after pictures and um, your circumference me- measurements, you are going to see results, but it might not necessarily be on the scales. If you're working out and putting on, you know, lean muscle mass, but losing fat, like it's hard to, it, you can't really tell that by what's on the scale. Um, so we're big advocates in either getting a you know a body scan or at least taking um, circumference measurements. Mm, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, I've I've been wanting to get a DEXA scan for a long time now. My um my mum <clears throat> is a nutritionist and she used to use this thing where it basically you know sends electrical shocks between your arm and your legs and sort of tries to measure the amount of electrical current that goes through your body and it gives you like this reading. Um, and I was doing that when I was uh, cycling a lot. And that in itself was, was, was so much more useful than getting on the scale. And sure, like not everyone has access to something like that, but I don't think that um, even if you were getting DEXA scans, you wouldn't get them day after day after day. And, right. and the, you know, the inclination to just jump on the scale and see what, how you think what you ate the day before is going to affect tomorrow um, <laughs> I, d- I just, yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. There's so many different factors that could be playing a part. Like for women, like when um, is your cycle or how are you? Re- There's just too many different factors to let the scale get to you. And especially um, in the keto community, like if you get on Facebook groups and or you see other people like, oh, I lost four pounds in the first week. And then, you know, you're sitting there like, oh, I haven't dropped anything. Like there's so much... Um, so much about like the weight loss aspect of it. But like, if we could more focus on like the, uh, like the full range of benefits that come from living keto and just not let that number um, control how we feel about our progress. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I totally agree. And it is, it's like a, a, you know, a medal of honor if you've lost all this weight, <laughs> but I don't know. Like I, I, I agree. I think it's, there's so many other benefits from the ketogenic diet and, you know, just not having the afternoon slump, well, mm-hmm. it's just like the main benefit for me. And so I totally agree also about, you know, going to the gym and trying to push those numbers higher and higher and higher because that's something that I did when I first went mm-hmm. to the gym and you end up just using bad form and everything. And I think the same can be applied when you're trying a diet as well. You know, you see those New Year's yeah. resolutions come through and people charge in January and it comes to February and they're just burnt out because they didn't understand that it was going to be a lifestyle change, not just a month change. Right. Um, 
And uh, yeah, and so, I mean, this this is all leading into uh, fit keto girls. <laughs> and, um, you know, what is, what is the story behind fit keto girls and why did you create a community like this that is um, like because you've got a community at the gym and I'm sure you've got a community now based around your cookbook, but what was the what was the idea behind the fit keto girls and and girls in particular why uh, and how has this evolved over time like i know that you've gone through a few iterations of the um six week challenge now how has it changed from when you started to to where you are now i know there's a lot of questions in there but just answer whichever one you <laughs> feel most comfortable with um well to start off i so My husband worked with Jane Downs at the gym. Um, They worked together. And so that's how I met my business partner now, Jane. Um, And that's how I found out about keto. So she kind of coached me through keto. And I started to realize, oh, my goodness, like, this is changing my life. And I really, like, we just started feeling the many benefits. You know, Jane does keto more for, like, a a mental health side of things. And I did it as a new mom. And um, we just thought we would made a really good team where we covered a lot of areas and I'm a procrastinator and she's Miss OCD. So we just kind of meet in the middle and it really works. Um, so how we started is we um, started a Facebook group and kind of interacted through there. And then we're like, well, we got there so many questions. Um, so then we started seven, we came up with a seven day meal plan um, or seven, yeah, seven day meal plan. And um, we're both working full-time jobs and are so poor. And we paid my brother, you know, a hundred bucks to put a website together and where we could just offer these, these eBooks. And so we just started creating them. We downloaded an app off the internet where we could, you know, make them all cute and didn't have to pay someone and just created these recipes that we were putting into our, my fitness pal every day and just giving people ideas, some guidelines. Um, we now have like a macronutrient guide and now we host um, six week challenges with, about 50 women where we give them we calorie cycle depending on their workouts and um, do individual macro plans. Um, And it's the main thing is just that sense of community. Like you talked about, that's what we love so much. And um, at the beginning when we weren't doing these challenges where we're more face to face with the clients, these women, um, we kind of weren't involved. There wasn't a sense of community because we were just selling these eBooks and not really knowing what happened from there. So um, the challenges have been awesome because every Monday we host a Facebook Live where everyone's on there and we answer all the questions and it's interactive and we're getting feedback and before and after pictures. And like I can't think of anything more satisfying than helping someone like how I found like the like how I could maintain I've maintained keto this whole time like all growing up I you know did isogenics and all these crash diets and I've been able to maintain it and I'm not someone that is good at those kind of things so I the fact that I can help people find it and find if keto's for them um is so rewarding and Jane and I just love it and feel like we're doing exactly what we should be so that's a really awesome feeling to have yeah that's oh that's so incredible um and I I totally know what you mean about uh, you know, the difference between just selling something and also uh, then going and talking to people and then actually finding out what the real issue is. Uh-huh. Because for most people, you know, they they, they start something um, and they've, they've got the real issue in mind, but, you know, this might be the fix. And as you said, like going through these crash diets in these courses and whatnot, um, it, it, it never really like, 
understands how to fix that problem. And and so what I've found is that when you actually start talking to someone and you start understanding and just listening, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, it, it totally influences on how you can, one, help them and 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 two, like sometimes they – the, these people just need someone to talk to about it because their their husband or their partner or whatever it is that they they don't want to hear about it and they they really just want something to talk about and something to talk to <laughs> well and for someone to tell them that you're doing it just right you're doing just fine you know sometimes it, people stress so much about you know how high their protein is or net carbs versus you know it's just they just need to be like you're doing it just fine. Just experiment with your body and you're doing just right. Like don't stress. So I totally agree. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and so, you know, with the keto for girls, is there, uh, are there certain principles that you, that you think work best for the the majority of people? Uh, is there, is there something that, you know, your, your program really implements well, whether it's, you know, like why is it six weeks and maybe not ten weeks or four weeks or something like that? Is that is that a good indication of someone's um, you know introduction into keto or is it uh, you know c- can you can you maybe explain some of the things that you you guys do really really yeah. well inside that course? Yes, of course. So we started out with a four week um, and then extended to a six week, and I think what um, the key is is that we take out artificial sweeteners, alcohol, and dairy. And why we do that is we don't think that people need to live live that way for the rest of their lives, but we want them to see what it feels like without those things and then slowly implement them back in to see how um, erythritol affects them or see how alcohol, like what it does to them and just really pay attention to and get in tune with your body. Um, I think that's key. And also um, we have the workout program that goes along with it. So like on our high intensity days where we're doing, you know, uh, deadlifts and a a circuit and you know our calories are going to be a little bit higher that day so we're just teaching these women that you can eat more and then you know on your fasting days or your you know your uh, rest days as far as the gym goes you know your calories will be a little bit lower um so just trying to educate like get women to be aware of their bodies experiment with themselves just encourage that they're doing it right and um that's kind of why we do the six weeks and then kind of at the end of the at the end of the challenge, we start talking about how to um, put those things back in your diet and what you should look for. And when you may have a sensitive sensitivity, what the, you know, the effects might be. So, mm. yeah, that's interesting um, because, you know, uh, dairy is such a big thing on the ketogenic diet. And I feel like it's sometimes people's crutch totally. because they end up just eating a lot of cheese or just eating cheese and nothing else. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so when you, when you do reintroduce those things back in your diet, is there, is, do you have people that have just cut them out for good? Um, or do you have people that slowly reintroduce it back into their diet and, and think it's okay? Like, especially for alcohol, do you think that is, um, something that you've found that people are quite reluctant to give up? You know what? Um, as far as the dairy goes, I, I think taking it completely out and I go back and forth of how I feel about dairy because I love it so much. And, but I do notice that I become inflamed and, um, but if that's how people get hooked to keto is that, you know, the dairy filled meals or whatever, and then they can transition and kind of see how they feel like I'm all for that. Um, 
But now as the women exit the six weeks, they start to, to introduce it, but I, they're definitely not eating it as much, you know, not like, and we've give them tools to know how to build a meal without dairy, you know, so that, that part and the education, um, I think it makes them not use it as much as they did before. Um, and as far as the alcohol goes, I think we're always very cautious when we reintroduce that just because it, it can hit a lot quicker <laughs> or it will hit a lot mm. quicker. Um, but yeah, I think by taking those things out, they're more aware of how they feel without them and, um, and don't use them as much. Yeah, that's a, it's a really stoic approach actually. <laughs> um, because uh, I, I regularly cut out coffee. Um, and I think that's just something I personally do, but I think it's something that other people could benefit from as well. And I don't necessarily think that it's for everyone, but when you say, Oh, it's okay. You just need to cut out coffee for a little while. People just look at you with Satan eyes. They're like, no, <laughs> no don't take the one thing away from me that I'm able to. <laughs> that keeps me going, especially during yeah, podcasts at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I'm not cutting out coffee. This <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, it's um, oh, it's it's so interesting to, to understand that, um, yeah, I mean, dairy can play such uh, a, a role, especially if you're doing – exercise and i've um i've personally found this but when you when you are doing a lot of exercise it can it you know is basically uh an inflammation trigger um and your body recovers from that and gets stronger right but if you have all of these things uh that are triggering inflammation in your body then those things can actually be really counterproductive and when you like even just with your 7k fit um, gym members have any of them realized that dairy is a trigger for them and removed it uh, effectively and, and you know become stronger in the gym as a result yes totally um, and actually 7k fit a lot of the members have done this challenge and that was kind of how they um, found their way through it you know um, even my husband he doesn't dairy isn't a huge part of his meal and I should kind of go into him a little bit why he does keto because he doesn't need to lose weight like we it, it's not a weight loss thing. He strictly does it just for mental clarity. Um, he suffer, suffers from PTSD and anxiety. And then also like he constantly was sick, um, especially working in a gym during the winters. It was like he was down for the count. Um, but watching him from since January, it's just, I've been, my mind has been blown just of what keto's done for him. Um, he's definitely leaned out, but his, um, his strength hasn't, it suffered at the beginning a little bit, but I think even more with time, it's going to come back. And he's, you know, where he was when he, before he went keto, um, he sleeps better. He, he's more level. He's, I mean, the list goes on and on. So it's been really fun to watch someone else so close. You know, I know how I feel, but watching his progress, um, and kind of pushing the limits as far as, you know, you always hear you can't build muscle on keto or, uh, you shouldn't work out on keto. No, that's not that's not the case. Um, yeah. Okay. So so yeah, it, it that is actually something that I hear a lot. Um, you know, the ketogenic diet can be used as a tool for weight loss, but when it comes to actually building muscle, um, people, you know, they they sway away from the ketogenic diet and start introducing more carbs because they think that that those those carbs are really really important for the energy that you need during a workout, but you know, how, how have you found not only for your husband, but for yourself, how you feel when you are at the gym using the ketogenic diet and when you have all that mental clarity and you're not, 
uh, you know, you're not a total mess by the right. <laughs> by the end of the workout. Is that is that something that's really important and and I guess sets you up for a, a better food choices once you leave the gym as well? Oh, totally. Um, my husband used to be like controlled by like timing of his meals, like so getting our pre workout meal, um, breakfast, and then post workout has to be within thirty minutes. Like it used to control us. Now we both like fast until our post workout have the best workout. We don't. We're not. Um, our workouts don't depend on drinking pre-workout and BCAAs before. Like we're just using our body as energy and it's so empowering. And so it's takes so much pressure off of all of the process because it was such a, like it really did control us. So if we got the post-workout shake in or the pre-workout, you know, it just used to control our um, time in the gym. And now that we're both, you know, transitioned and fully in ketosis, like there's not, a lack of energy. Um, there's not a dive during the workout or after we've taken the pre-workout. I mean, occasionally we'll use, um, some pre-workouts or ketones or something, but, um, definitely not like we used to. So, um, using the, the exogenous ketones throughout a workout, um, how does that, how does that benefit for you like in the different stages? So I know that it's, it's very beneficial in your transition stage, but do you still use it once you've become fat adapted and you need extra energy on top of that, because I know that exogenous ketones are useful for uh, athletes and, you know, people trying to push their energy systems much further than possible. But is, is that something that you've found? Yeah. Um, you know, cause it's a little bit harder to use fat as energy. Um, so by we usually, when we do take exogenous ketones, we'll take them an hour before our, pre, our workout and there's a lot of like back and forth on um, the benefits of ketones and when you should take them and if it's really helping. Um, but we do. I mean, I would say 75, well, 50 to 75% of the time we do um, use the ketones just to kind of push us through, give us that extra boost of energy. If I'm like right now, I'm right in the book writing process. If I'm kind of like hitting the wall around 4 p.m., um, I'll take a non-caffeine exogenous ketone and kind of go from there and I, I feel the benefits I mean the product is so expensive it's hard to justify it if it wasn't you know beneficial to us so we found that it is and we don't use it every single day but it's definitely part of our our lifestyle hmm. yeah it, it's uh, it's really interesting you know because when I started uh, first using exogenous ketones just trying it out I got so much backlash right? <laughs> from it and I think you know it's like there's this thing where it's like oh you know, you, your body makes them it, itself, and and that's totally true. Um, but you know, and I don't believe they're uh, useful for weight loss. Yeah. I do believe, however, that they are useful for um, for people doing an extreme amount of work or an extreme amount of exercise, and uh, you know, to to just be mentally present and sharp and whatnot. Again, yes, they are very expensive, um, but if, if you use it as a tool and not as a crutch. Right. I think that's where it becomes very powerful. Um, and so what I like to do in, in, uh, in the podcast is I like to end with a few quick questions. And these quick questions are just like, you know, something that, um, you know, what's your favorite foods and all of those types of things. And it's something that first comes to your mind. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, anything crazy crash hot, <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, so um, these, I'm just going to fire them off and uh, we can start from there. But first of all, what is your favorite keto food? Like what's the, the one that you just 
go-to every time or and and maybe what's your husband's favorite food and then as a family what do you cook that is your favorite um mine dry rubbed chicken wings i love that with ranch or blue cheese um if i'm in a clutch that's what we'll or if we're like eating out that's what i'll go for my husband will go for like a uh, bunless bacon burger um he has like there's a deli in town that they serve the 7k fit burger and it's like 20 ounces <laughs> 20 ounces of beef and blue cheese and bacon i'll have to send you a picture of it because it's almost disgusting but it is really really good but he can put it down, put it down and then <laughs> um and then our favorite meal as a family i love um i have a traker grill or a smoker at home and so i love and just smoking meats, like if it's, you know, short ribs or um, that's what's so fun. You can have all these yummy, fatty meats. So anything on the Traeger is our family favorite. I've, I've been seeing so many stories on Instagram recently of that grill and it just makes me so bad. They're a game changer. It really is amazing. It's like a oven. Like I can cook baked goods, everything in there and do it all at once. It's, it's, it's been a game changer to say the least. Oh, wow. Uh, so I live in an apartment here in mm-hmm. Australia and I'm sure the person above <laughs> me would get mighty pissed off if I, <laughs> if I got a smoker. <laughs> so I'll leave, I'll leave all of those recipes to you. Um, so what is your least favorite keto food? What's something that, you know, you don't like, but some other people might like? I haven't been able to stomach sardines yet. My husband can like just take a can of sardines and just go to town on them. That's not something I can do yet. I wish I could. I do incorporate them in my Caesar dressing because I can't, it's not like I'm tasting a little fish or a little sardine, but um, yeah, that's something I haven't been able to do yet. The benefits are amazing, but I can't. (laughs) I totally agree, you know, because like, I, I I grew up eating tins of tuna, and um and you know those tins of tuna are uh, later what I found out uh, filled with mercury, yeah. <laughs> and so sardines are much much better, yeah. um and so yeah if you can stomach them that's fantastic but yeah I totally agree with you it's not something you feel like eating first thing in the morning, um or any time of the day right. really so I'm sort of with you cool. on that one, um. What book or video has recently inspired you? You know, it might be a YouTube video. It might be a, a book that you're reading or it could be an audio book. Um, is there something that's recently inspired you? You know, there's been a lot of talk about this, uh, the magic pill. Um, it kind of just talks about like the sugar epidemic and this low carb lifestyle and how we can implement it in, you know, in our children's lives and just really the, I feel like is the real war on drugs is sugar. Um, so that's the documentaries on Netflix and I'm sure you can find it other places, but I encourage everyone to watch that. Oh, it's yeah. It's such a fantastic documentary. Um, and I saw a post by Pete Evans, who is one of the guys who uh, did that documentary that the Australian medical association was going to remove it from Netflix no in Australia. Yeah, so I don't, I like, I don't know how much I can talk about this, but um, it was basically, you know, just uh, there was a big backlash, wow. <laughs> and so if, sure. you, if you haven't watched it, watch it quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it may not be there in a little while. Um, so I, I used to be a musician, so I'm, I'm, I love all types of music, but in, I, I wanted to know. Do you listen to any particular type of music or is it, do you have something that you've been listening to recently that's really inspired you? So, um, 
at the gym all day, you know, we're always listening to gym music. And so usually when I'm on my own, I, and even in my own workouts, I'm listening to like really low key, uh, chill music. And this album, I feel like should win album of the year. It's called the fruitful darkness by Trevor Hall. Have you heard, do you know of Trevor Hall? No, I don't. Trevor Hall. Oh yeah. Um, I've been a follower of his for, of his for years and, um, he just recently came out with a new album. That's just incredible. So you will definitely have to check it out. Oh, that's kind of alternative music. Yeah. Is it, is it sort of uh, like a band style songs or is it more like a piano or is it? No, they, it's a band um, and very like, I wish I had a good word. Like his voice is very, um, like feels med- feels like you're in a meditation. I don't know. You'll have to check it out. All of you should. It's an incredible, it's an incredible album. I'm going to post that playlist uh, on, on Instagram as soon as I go off here. I'm going to have to listen to it all day. Because I've got plenty to do today, and and uh, I, I find that that style of music is is really uh, creative. So I'm going to check that out. That sounds awesome. Um, but the last question now, this is something that we're trying to make people drool here. So I'm not not <laughs> I'm not uh, <laughs> leaving leaving. We're not leaving any stones untouched. So what is your favorite recipe and can you describe it in tantalizing detail now i know that you really love dry rub chicken wings with blue cheese sauce <laughs> but is there something um that you can describe that people can maybe go and make as soon as they've finished listening to this podcast yes so um everyone loves pizza right everyone that I, sometimes that something they're like what about pizza and keto well i have your answer um <laughs> A lot of the keto pizza crusts are full of cheese. You know, the main ingredient is cheese. And so I was kind of after something that wasn't as dairy heavy. So here is your keto keto pizza crust. Um, I'll take canned chicken from Costco. I'll shred it and drain it. And then I'll spread it out on a cookie sheet. Um, And then I'll put it in the oven for a little bit to kind of dry out and get all of the moisture out. And then I'll whisk um, a couple eggs and some Parmesan cheese um, and then put that chicken back in there, mix it all together and put some seasonings on there and then um, put it back on a baking sheet and bake that for about eight minutes at 375 and then top it with like, that's what's so cool that like the sky is the limit um, with keto as far as toppings go. So you could either use an Alfredo sauce base or tomato based sauce. um, And then artichoke, sausage, you could do pepperoni or salami, um, olives, you know, you could just whatever kind of pizza you wanted to create, you can, but that base of that chicken, the chicken pizza crust, it's so nice because it's crispy. You can actually pick it up. Um, so that's kind of my secret recipe. I've gotten asked a ton about that, you know, what I make my pizza crust out of. And I, for your followers, Aaron, I'll share it first. With. <laughs> well, it's breakfast time here in Australia. I guess I'm having breakfast pizza now because <laughs> that just sounds so good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like the traditional keto pizzas, like this cheese, as you said, like this cheese-laden fathead pizza that's basically mm-hmm. mozzarella cheese rolled out into a pizza shape and you pick up a piece and it's like a, a, a flop, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and so canned chicken and, and, and so when you, when you actually roll that out into its pizza shape, do you have to use a rolling pin with the baking sheets or can you just sort of like put it all into the shape of a pizza and then it cooks like that? 
You know, I actually think the best way to do it is just to do it in like a cookie sheet, um, a rectangle one, and you just kind of press it down uh, uh. You know, along the base of it. So it's not actually in a pizza shape, but it's um, in a cookie sheet. So then I can just put the toppings right on and throw it back into the oven. So Ooh, that just cut it so into good. kind of like rectangles. Yeah, it's really and- good. And with the artichokes and the sausage and yeah. damn square pizza that sounds so good <laughs> or rectangle pizza yes so yes that that sounds so amazing if you if you haven't already tried a chicken crust pizza go and do it now and then go and tag liz on instagram and say i made your pizza and it was delicious <laughs> don't tag us if it wasn't delicious <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh you know where, where can people find you i know i said you've on uh, you're on instagram but where are the multiple places that people can find you and then how can people sign up to uh either the keto fit girls or buy one of your cookbooks so the best yeah the best place um is on Instagram, the Fit Trainer's Wife. Um, next, we have a website called fitketogirls.com. And um, there's just some bios. We have a blog there with recipes. Um, we have like a contact us form where you get a free ketogenic food list and kind of stay up to date on it. We send out monthly newsletters, kind of what we're doing and with special recipes and discounts. Um, and then we also have a shop with, you know, 28-day meal programs and 28-day workout programs. We also have a really great at-home workout program because I think all the moms out there, my heart goes out too because getting to the gym isn't always realistic. So we came up with a 28-day program that you can do all at your home or in your hotel. And really the only thing you need is resistance bands and everything else you can find around the house. So um, it's a great program. Uh, and then our six week six weeks challenge you can find there as well. So fitketogirls.com. And then as far as my cookbook goes, um, you can find that in Costco, um, Barnes and Noble, and then the best place I think is on Amazon. Um, it's the One Pot Ketogenic Diet Cookbook on Amazon. You should be able to find it there easily. And if anyone is looking for any of those links, I'll put them in the show notes and it'll be on the website and it'll be on the podcast website. It'll be everywhere. So there's no uh, excuses on, I couldn't find your cookbook. It's in the, it's in the <laughs> podcast link. So, thank you so much, Liz. I've had such a blast talking to you on this podcast and I'm sure everyone has enjoyed listening and hearing your story. Um, so, so, so thank you so much and um, until next time. Thank you so much. What a relief. We did it. My first podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Liz. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week. Thank you.